You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Love Talk Live. Today we have a fascinating show. We're talking to two people that work with divorces. So in person today, I have Sarah and Telegator. Hi. And on the phone, we have Jason Lavoy. Hey, everybody. And Jason, you are in New York, New Jersey. New Jersey. I am on the east side. New York, New Jersey. Oh, I'm in in New Jersey. New Jersey, thank you. Um, like I can see New York. Okay, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, so Sarah, before we even begin with what she does, and it has to do with she's a lawyer, she's a divorce lawyer. Um, two things. First of all, how I how we met is I was doing a show, I was interviewing a couple a few months ago, and right after the show, the guy, he looks at his phone and he said, my phone is blowing up, Dr. Warsh is blowing up my phone, <laughs> he's trying to pimp out his wife or something. Yeah. But he's my pimp, yes, yes. <laughs> so he thought that Sarah would be good for the show. Yep. And here she is. Here I am. Yeah, yeah. And do you want to tell our viewers a little bit about what you do first? And then I would love you to tell your story about how you met your husband, Dr. Sure. Warsh, as we just talked about him. Um, and then we can just kind of get into the interview. Sure, absolutely. So I'm a holistic divorce and family law attorney uh, in Los Angeles. And basically, that I coined the term holistic divorce and family law to describe uh, my style of practice. Basically, I'm a family law attorney. I do divorces, child custody, you know, the routine stuff that a family law attorney does. But um, when I when I went out to practice on my own, and I, I kind of thought, you know, how am I going to set myself apart? What makes me different from all the other attorneys in Los Angeles, all the other family law attorneys? And um, I, I thought about it, and I, I'd been at that point, I'd been teaching yoga for I think like 15 or 16 years. Um, at this point, it's like over 19. And um, I, I, I realized that the style that I had always practiced in was um, that I had been kind of bridging those two worlds. Like I had been taking care of the human being and honoring the human experience in the divorce process, which um, I think is something that gets lost because law is essentially, it's, it's litigation, uh, you're dealing with a lot of paperwork, you're dealing with you know, money, retainer fees, things like that that are really intrinsic to the legal process. And yet divorce is so uniquely different in that you're dealing with human beings who would never in their lives ever step foot in a courtroom or maybe be involved in litigation. And now they're being thrust into this litigation. They might not have the money to afford it. They might not know what they're doing. Um, their children's lives may be at stake. Um, the future, their financial futures might be at stake. And so to me, it was really important to kind of you know, obviously fulfill my ethical obligations to zealously, diligently defend my clients, represent them, that goes without saying, but to also kind of take care of the human being in the process and to make sure that that human aspect didn't get lost in the litigation. So um, that's how I, I kind of came to holistic divorce and family law, and um, it's been a lot more fulfilling to me to approach it in that way rather than just to approach it kind of in a sterile legal way that um, you know many attorneys unfortunately do but that's that's just the nature of, of practicing law right so um, 
the way I met my husband, a uh, funny story. We were amazing story. <laughs> amazing. <Just> get ready. <laughs> as as the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, playoffs are, are in effect right now. It's very pertinent. Um, so we were both at a Kings game in like in Los Angeles. His dad and his brother were in town. My brother's friends were in town. Um, he and his dad and his brother walked up to the box office like the night of the game to buy some tickets. They couldn't even get tickets in the same place sitting together, but they bought them anyway. Uh, my brother's friend was in town. He wanted to go to a hockey game. We looked at the prices. He said it was too much. So I did a little more searching. I found some seats. Um, he got some seats way in the back row, my brother and his friends. And my dad and I got some seats like, a little bit lower. And um, so Joel's brother had the tickets in his hand, and he handed one to Joel. And Joel knew that his brother was going to give him the worst seat. <laughs> and keep the better one for himself. So he, he reached back and grabbed one of the tickets from his back hand. That happened to be the ticket in the seat right next to mine. Um, we sat next to each other for the entire first period, didn't talk, didn't communicate whatsoever. And then uh, a fight broke out in the stands in the intermission between the first and second periods. And it's really funny because that's not something typical of hockey. That's like maybe like football or baseball or something like that. But On the rink. Right, on the rink, but not in the stands, right? The fans are pretty cool usually, especially Kings fans. So go Kings. little plug there. Um, Go Blackhawks. So we, you know, so we, I, everyone stood up and, you know, turn around and we look and I say something like, gotta love hockey. And um, he went to med school in Philly. So he said something like, um, you know, oh, I lived in Philly, so I'm used to this or something like that. And so we started talking. And I wasn't particularly interested. I'm not even sure if he was particularly interested in me, but uh, he got my number at the end of the game. and Which means he was interested in I guess, I guess <laughs> in hindsight, yeah, I guess that's what that means. Jason's laughing. He's like, I'm a guy. <laughs> As a man, I can say he was interested in me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Even though I have a face for radio, right? So anyway, um, so yeah, so that that's, uh, you know, that's how the story goes, so. Amazing. <laughs> that is a meant to be story. I love it. I love it. So the message is go to hockey games. Yes. Open your mouth. Support your local you are. team. Yep. And okay. even if it's not a hockey game, just open your mouth and yeah. talk. Yeah. Don't be afraid Engage. to talk. Yeah, of course. Engage in yeah. conversation because you never know. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so you kind of explained what holistic divorce is. Mm-hmm. So let's go into why do you think so many relationships fail? So many marriages fail. Yeah. So I think people get into relationships for the wrong reasons. And um, there's so many reasons. I mean, one is people are so eager to have companionship that they go on a date. They kind of like the person. They have some chemistry. They think, oh, my God, we have so much in common. So they go on a second date. And then they go on another date because, you know, everything's going well. They're getting along when in reality they're not looking at the bigger picture and they're looking at the far-reaching issues there it's it's a very short-sighted kind of thing like they're like okay we get along really well so we and we have so much in common great we should be in a relationship instead of are we asking the questions that will lead us to understand whether this is truly going to be a lasting and meaningful relationship fast forward um you know you've been together two years three years and what do you do? You don't want to break up because you've been together for so long, or uh, you know you're you're so attached to this person that you can't really separate 
the good from the bad, mm -hmm. or you see the bad, but you're so afraid that you might not find someone else or have companionship. That companionship's so powerful, right? So you decide to get married. And your reasons for getting married aren't, wow, this person and I share fundamental values and we share the same types of goals and dreams and we approach our lives in the same way or we have similar backgrounds or, or the things, you know, we have a solid foundation or, or the things that truly make for a long-lasting and successful relationship. Um, the reason is, oh, you know, I'm afraid. And they may not even admit it to themselves, right? So yeah. then fear. Fear, right. And so when things don't work out, um, they wonder, you know, they look back and where did things go wrong? Why, why didn't I see this or whatnot? And usually people do. If they're really honest with themselves, it's just that that fear is so much more powerful than absolutely everything else that it kind mm -hmm. of takes over. So yeah. um, I think probably, I think the number one reason, if you're just kind of to sum it up very broadly, um, is that people just get into the relationship for the wrong reason. Or, you know, like, uh, and, and I say women because it is usually women who, who do this. I just, I want to have the, the fairy tale wedding. I want, I want to show my friends. And the kids. The, right, the kids. I, I need the fairy tale proposal, the storybook proposal that I can tell all my friends about. Like, and then you get to that day and then it's over and then what now, right? Mm -hmm. If that's what it's about, then it's really disappointing after that, right? Yeah, well, it sounds like what you're saying, and I agree, is that people get married because of what's on paper a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. And then there they are. Right. And then they're like, what do we do now? Yeah. And they're or not thinking now? they're not thinking long term. They're not thinking critically. They're not analyzing what like what for me is going to make for a meaningful lifelong relationship. They're like, what do I feel right now? And they're just concerned with the right now. Which is interesting because we talk a lot on the show about being present and being present is so important. Mm -hmm. Yet in this in this venue, in this aspect right here it is important to, to think about the future. It is. It, it is. is. Yeah. But yeah, there still is a way to be present. Yeah. Um, but it's also being intelligent and, and just looking inside. It's about striking a balance because obviously you can't discount chemistry. Chemistry is an important part of a relationship. If you go on a date and it's completely devoid of flirtation, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, yes, uh, family is important to you. Check this. Yeah, right. it, that's obviously also not the correct approach. You're not going to end up at the altar <laughs> just with that. I mean, maybe, oh, some people but, do. But, you know, it, it's about striking that balance between like, do I feel the chemistry? Am I attracted to this person? But is there something else? Is there more than just yes. that? Yes. And I agree. A lot of people mm -hmm. miss that aspect, yeah. miss that part. Yeah. So what would you say are the benefits of mediation over litigation? So mediation, for people who don't know, mediation is a process by which you either meet with a neutral third party or the two parties sit down and talk amongst themselves. It's, it's really any... Um, any time when you're kind of sitting down to try to work things out and resolve your divorce as opposed to um, litigating it, as opposed to going to court and asking the judge to make orders. So the benefit to that is number one, you take matters into your own hands, right? You don't have some man or woman in a black robe deciding the fate of your children, the fate of your property, things of that nature, right? You get to decide. And you know, for example, um, child support in the state of California at least is, um, is statutory, meaning there is a computer program and the judge plugs in a bunch of numbers and the computer program spits out a number and that's what's called guideline child support. Now, the court can in rare circumstances deviate from that, but if you go to court 
almost with certainty the court is going to order guideline child support. However, parties are allowed to deviate from that by mutual agreement. So let's say you know, you're, you're both going to agree to provide for your children. Um, you're both going to uh, you know, agree that you're going to share the cost of their uninsured health care expenses, things like that. But you, you feel like, OK, well, I don't need you to pay me $1,000 a month in child support. Because, mm-hmm. you know, well, I mean, obviously, if, you, if you're able to get it, great. But, but it's a way of kind of, um, you know, when you go to court, things get acrimonious. If, if the judge orders one party to pay child support, then that party's going to be angry with the other party. Is going to feel, or she is going to feel bitter that that they have to pay the support order, right? And the whole, the best part, um, especially if you have a child, is that um, you co-parent, that you're you're friendly and you have a good, amicable relationship for the benefit of your child or children. And when there's this bitterness and resentment, then it kind of it really ultimately negatively impacts the child or the children. So uh, taking matters into your own hands, not having to sit across the table from your ex in court, and it's super uncomfortable. So just for all those reasons, just try to settle things, try to work things out. Lawyers make less money. You don't spend your kids' college savings on lawyers. You know, it, it, it's, it's better for everyone except for the lawyer. So. So do you f- you feel like that is kind of what you do? You're kind of a, a coach, mm-hmm. also a lawyer. So you kind of get to the heart and help people tap into their emotions also? So I, I wouldn't say that, that because I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a life coach. I'm, I'm none of those things. I'm but the holistic part of the divorce. So the holistic part of the divorce is, um, yes, I, I'm not on a personal level. I'm not like encouraging people to litigate because I want to take their money. Um, I'm trying to do what's best for my client, which is ethically what we're all supposed to do anyways. I don't think every attorney does that, unfortunately, but that's what we're ethically supposed to do. But the holistic aspect, for example, um, this is just one of the many modalities that I've used. I've had clients who've been just hysterical in court, you know, things involving their children. They break down crying. A lot of times the other attorney is arguing and they, she's telling lies. I can't believe she's saying that. And I said, but she doesn't believe that. She's just representing her client, just mm-hmm. like I'm representing you. I don't, she's a lot. They can't get past that. And it's emotional. It's your children, right? Um, so they break down hysterically sobbing in court. And the judge says, we need to take a recess, go outside. So, you know, I'll go outside and I'll sit there and I'll walk them through a guided meditation. Um, that's where I take my experience as a yoga teacher. And I, awesome. I say, okay, here's some breathing techniques. When we go back into the courtroom, this is what I want you to visualize. And I, I bring them from like up here to down here just through closing their eyes and visualization and breathing techniques. And then they go back into the courtroom and I'm like, I don't want you to listen. I don't want you to open your eyes. I just want you to close your eyes and focus on the breathing techniques that we talked about. And, and then they get through it. So that's just one of a number of modalities that I use, but that's what I mean by holistic, that it's not just like, okay, we're going to court and we're, right. I, I'm trying to take care of the human being in the process. That is so unique. My question is, it probably doesn't work 100% of the time. I'm just imagining these people that are so heated, they'd probably be like, fuck that. <laughs> or, you know, like, screw that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, if, especially if they've never taken a yoga class or never yeah. have taken a breathing class. I have to say that for the most part, people who come 
and seek me out as their attorney yes are yes. probably doing so because they like what I offer and they are like-minded in that respect so I, so I don't you have already been working with them yeah. they know your style yeah and and you know obviously I have those clients who are not that at all or maybe like one party right. one person in the relationship right and I and I'm just like I know that and I'm not gonna even try to push my breathing techniques on you I'm going to maybe say you know hey you should slow down on the 10th Red Bull you've just had because I don't want you to have a heart attack or you know maybe you okay. should this is a true story <laughs> or, or maybe you should you know s stop smoking because they you, they start smoking again when you know the litigation gets so stressful and things like that and maybe you should get a good night's sleep and <laughs> put down the Red Bull <laughs> but I love that these people seek you out because mm -hmm. I mean we're living in a time where people do want tools to be able to you know deal with their emotions especially when they're they're heightened yeah yeah I, I mean I, I try to provide them to the extent I can because I think that getting through litigation if you're not equipped to deal with it it's going to break you it's going to destroy you and um, the more you can kind of let things go sometimes you know just cut your losses let things go um, I think that you know I this is what I tell my clients I'm like these are sometimes you have to fight and sometimes every moment that passes is a moment of your life you will never ever yes. get back again is it worth spending wasting that moment that you're never going to get back again on fighting and for what it's not worth it yeah so yeah, sometimes it is but well there are just so many couples and they, they just stay in their muck they stay in the I am mad at you because you hurt me or whatever it yeah. is and that I believe is pointless because especially yes. if you're at the point where you're are where you're for sure getting divorced mm -hmm. and when you're in, at court you're right. in court you're there yeah it's just yeah it's a waste of time it's a waste yeah. of energy and that's a really good point actually because I think probably 99% of the divorce process is people playing out the dysfunctions in their relationship yes. through the litigation process. So the like anger. if someone was controlling in the relationship, then the other party is trying to gain control through the litigation process. They're trying to like kind of yeah. act out their issues. And, and you have to, it's so impossible when you're in it to step out of that and, and separate and treat it as a business transaction because it is so emotionally mm -hmm. charged yeah. and, and the motion is so inextricably linked to the, the issues in the litigation. But at the same time, it's like it's to everyone's benefit to separate those two things because you're going to get on and move on with your life that much faster and you're going to spend a lot less money doing it if you really just let go and you know move on. Yeah, <laughs> your job, I mean, so interesting. <laughs> Must be so, I mean, the stories that you have. Um, so what would you say are, so someone decides that they want to get divorced. What's, what are the first initial steps that they would take? Yeah, so. Um, call her. Call, call Jason call me, call in New me. Jersey. Yeah, call, I, I think it's always a good idea to, to call an attorney, not because you know I, I get paid or anything like that, but because um, I think the scariest part about getting a divorce is the unknown. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the mm -hmm. fear of what what are my rights, um, things like that. And so just you know maybe doing a little research, but that's not always necessarily going to be 100% accurate. But even just speaking with an attorney, I know some attorneys give um, you know complimentary consultation. So it's 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 available. It's accessible. Um, but just getting some basic information. I, I've had so many people call me. We talk on the phone. We have a consultation, whatever it is. And they, at the end, they're like, oh, I feel so much better now. That's always the answer I mm. get at the end because things, now they understand. And so it's not as intimidating. So I, I would definitely 
get as much information as you can, know what your rights are, know what you're entitled to, um, and take some of the, the fear out of the process. I love that. So give her a call. She'll give you her information at the end. <laughs> um, so let's see. I'm looking at the time. We're seeing how much time we have for Jason. Let's do like one more question. Okay. What are some characteristics that you see among marriages that succeed? So um, I, I only, so I, I deal in marriages that fail, right? So I kind of see what not to do. And by process of elimination, <laughs> I kind of see what you should do um, in, in kind of the opposite. Um, so I think that marriages that succeed are based on two people who share fundamental values, um, meaning that they, not like, okay, we both love the cure or something like that, right? That's cool. Do you love the cure? Um, I, I like the cure. I wouldn't say I love the cure, but I, I like the cure. Does your husband? No, no. He okay. probably doesn't even know what who Totally the cure random. Is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that, I pulled that out. But, um, you know, your taste in music will change, right? But what is so important to you in your life that it was important to you 10 years ago, it's important mm. to you now, it will be important to you 30 years from now, 40 years from now, like for example, like family. That's like, my family's super important to me. Um, I couldn't be with a person whose family was not important to him or who didn't value family, like really fundamentally value it. And um, it, I, I kind of had to ascertain whether that was true when I was dating my husband, for example, before I would even go on, right? Mm -hmm. That was like something super important. Or other fundamental values, for example, um, if you're religious, if you're spiritual, it doesn't have to be religious, just spiritual. And these are things that are super important. They've always been important to you. Those are some things that, you know, you, you need to kind of um, define for yourself rather than going into it blindly. So people who share fundamental values and then people who share um, a solid foundation in their relationship. like. Foundation, I, I think of foundation as like trust, honesty, communication, respect, like things that like without this this base to your relationship, the relationship would just crumble. It, it can't exist. Um, so I think those are probably the two most important things that I see in relationships that are successful is that the people really um, have this solid foundation that communicate well, they trust each other, they have this honesty, they're teammates. Oh, that's mm -hmm. one of the biggest thing is like you play for the same team your your teammate one of my favorite analogies because I'm gonna go back to hockey for one second is in hockey when a player scores a goal um, the player who passes the puck to the player who scores the goal it's called the assist and when the announcer says you know oh so-and-so just scored the goal and then they acknowledge the person who made the assist and when you're on a team, one person makes the assist and one person scores the goal. But ultimately, the team gets the point. It doesn't matter who does it, but you have to help each other to get there. And so mm -hmm. I'm a big like believer that. in high fives. I think um, you know, teamwork is super important. Marriage is a partnership. It's, it's not just this, you know, oh, we have so much in common. Oh, mm. we have so much fun together. Oh, the sex is so great. Those things are important, but it's more than that. And yeah, so, it's working together, it's growing yeah, together. Yeah. Not individually. Right. Together. Right. And this is making me think that you and your husband mm -hmm. should come on my show. Yeah, we sometime, would love that. And I will interview <laughs> you guys like the Schneiders. In the hot seat. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Let's thank move you. on to yeah. Jason. Um, still there, Jason? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I, I wanted to 
I really did want to kind of chime in so many times, but I wanted to be respectful, so I didn't. Oh, but you. I loved everything, and I agree with everything Sarah said. Um, and if she comes on the show again, then Jamie, I think you need to start a fight to make it rekindle that whole relationship. <laughs> yes, I will do that. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> I'm a, a, a full disclaimer, I'm a Rangers fan. Oh, 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 well. So maybe you should come to LA okay. and you guys can get in a fight. Sorry about 2014. But not sorry. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason. 94 was a good year. Oh, we can still talk. We just talk, we just talk, talk about, about hockey. hockey for no. the rest of time. Any <laughs> hockey fans out there? Let's talk about love. <laughs> okay, so, Jason. Yes. Tell us about your story, what you do, what you did, why you do what you do. Oh, well, okay. I'll give you the uh, short, short version of it all. I, um... I went to law school actually with the intention of becoming a divorce attorney, as crazy as that sounds. Um, and people told me it was crazy at the time I was doing it, and I had no idea why they would say such, <laughs> say such things. <laughs> but um, yeah. I really wanted to do it because I wanted to actually really help people and see the effect of helping them, you know, kind of firsthand, you know, on their faces when, when, the, when the divorce was finalized as opposed to working for a big corporation and, you know, just dealing with money all day and numbers and all that stuff. I just wasn't into that. So that's why I, I decided to become an attorney. Then after practicing divorce law uh, exclusively for a number of years, I realized, well, I realized a number of things, but number one was that I just, I wasn't helping in the way I originally envisioned I was going to do it. And, you know, I just felt, I just felt conflicted because here I am in the area that I wanted to be, but I didn't feel like I was being effective. Uh, I was pretty much handling litigated files, um, which if everybody doesn't know, just means you go into court uh, and you're fighting about things through the courts. I mean, I did do mediation uh, and alternate forms of uh, resolving disputes, but you know, the main, the main bulk of what I was doing was contested divorces and I just didn't like it anymore and I couldn't envision myself doing it for you know the next 30 years or whatever my career would be um, I saw what would happen to divorce attorneys who would practicing that long and I'll just tell you it wasn't a pretty picture um, and a lot of times unfortunately I felt like I was kind of litigating my adversaries personal divorce on top of whatever the case was about and so one day uh, I remember it like it was yesterday I was in my office and I was talking with another attorney on a case we were dealing with a parenting time issue and we were literally arguing and spending hours not 20 minutes hours uh, over who was going to pick up a child on Saturday morning? Mm. And it was an hour difference, you know, 11 o'clock versus 12 o'clock, yep. something like that. <laughs> and, you know, imagine what our hourly rates are. And like I said, hours spending on, on this one little, what I would have considered a trivial issue, but it wasn't to everybody else. And so that was the moment that was sticking to my mind forever that I, I literally hung up the phone after that conversation and put my hands up in the air and I said, all right, that's it. I said, I can't do this. You know, this, there has to be a better way. And so I quit. I quit being a divorce attorney. And that's when I started uh, doing divorce coaching. 
which, uh, Jamie, as you know, not many people uh, are doing. There's a lot of divorce coaches, people who call themselves divorce coaches out there, but they're not attorneys doing it, mm-hmm. you know, people who practice uh, divorce law. So that's what differentiates me from the other divorce coaches out there. Um, but I really, I have to say, I enjoy doing it so much more because I can, I feel like my reach is so much more. I mean, I work with people nationally, um, not just in New Jersey. And as a coach, it's so much more fulfilling because I really am helping people. Um, and the original idea was because I saw people who were getting divorced who didn't have attorneys. Um, and that, that was a catalyst. You know, I'd go to court and half the courtroom would be full of people representing themselves. We call them pro se's. And, you know, they just look like deer in headlights. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if they got a grumpy judge or the judge was uh, yelling at the person, you know, dealing with the case in front of them, when their case, when their name was called, you know, they be walking up like with a sheep, with a tail between their legs. And I don't blame them. Um, so that was the catalyst for becoming a divorce coach, was to help people who couldn't afford or who didn't have an attorney originally. Um, but as it turns out, it's kind of funny because I work with a lot of people who have attorneys too. So it's, it's just the, the best of both worlds. Yeah, I love that you're doing this. I don't even know what a divorce coach is. What is a divorce coach? The divorce coach is, coach is Jason <laughs> yeah. Lavoy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've never even heard of that. I made it up. Oh, <laughs> and I want to mention that Jason... No, really, I, I kind of did. I love it. And Jason has a podcast. I was honored to be a guest on his podcast. It's the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. And that's your brand, the Divorce Resource Guy, right? It is. And I know that it's an amazing podcast and it's helping so many people. Um, I really just love how you've taken, you know, you've put your heart into this job. Um, And I know that so many people have benefited and are going to continue to benefit from your work. So thank you, Jason. Oh, well, no, no, thank you. I really appreciate those kind words. It is. I've, I've been doing this now, the coaching for, I'd say two to three years. Um, and I've already, like, I, I can just, I feel and I see the, the results and the empowerment that I provide uh, to people doing it. And um, that's, that's how I know it's right. You know, you just, you know, you know, you hear the saying, you know, when you know. It, yes. It's just, yes. Uh, so I, I know. So it's just a matter of kind of spreading the word. And, and Sarah, you're right. Like divorce coaches, when I first decided, when I first quit, and I said, okay, I think I'll be, I'll be a coach. There was no such thing. Or the, you have a lot of people out there calling themselves coaches, um, but they're really focusing on different aspects of divorce, like the emotional side of it, and it's more therapy-oriented. Right. Um, and so what I'm doing is kind of, well, definitely is unique in the sense that I'm coaching people from an attorney's point of view because I am one and I did it, um, and so I, I coach them, but I don't give them legal advice. Right. And it's a fine line I walk, but um, I'm coaching them on like the, the process. I'm, I'm helping them reduce the overwhelm that they have about everything. Yeah, that's what I was um, wondering. Representing how you get around the again. legal advice hurdle, but yeah, that that's that makes sense. And I was actually going to well, ask I constantly you, have to tell them, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask you what is the most challenging part of your job. Seems like that could. Be challenging at times. That that yeah, that that actually is probably the most challenging is, you know, walking that line of, of not giving 
you know, quote, legal advice, unquote, because I work with people all over the country. Um, and so I'm, I'm constantly saying, you know, whatever I am telling you, you have to confirm what the law is in your state. Yeah. Um, you know, that's definitely a, a big part of it. But what I focus on also is not the, like, state law-specific issues. Like, I'm not really coaching or helping with, you know, how much al- alimony you're entitled to in your specific case I'm, or, you know, the child support guidelines in, in your case. In New Jersey, we do it, too. We have formulas, mm-hmm. you know, all you plug in numbers and it's, it's the computer pretty much spits it out. But I'm focusing more on the overall general picture of, you know, process, your, your, mental, uh, your mental state, your emotional state, obviously, but like giving you the knowledge, even from the basics, what we would consider the basics about, you know, how does the divorce process work? You know, what are the stages? Um, what types of evidence do you need to support what you're trying to achieve. You know, you can't just walk into court uh, and expect the judge to listen to you, you know. Um, and so, you know, what kind of documents do you need to prepare? Um, if you have an attorney, how can I help them? A, well, if you don't have an attorney and you want an attorney, I help them choose the right attorney or what I feel would be the right attorney, you know. Um, so if somebody is looking to get an amicable divorce or go through mediation, then you don't really want, you know, a really high-powered litigator. So um, choosing the right attorney is, is half the battle. Totally. And so I help with that. And then once you have an attorney, people like to use me as a second opinion. I work in, conjun- in conjunction with um, a team. I, I'm part of the team. So I'm not a substitute for an attorney, and I never suggest that I am. Um, but I, as a coach, I like to consider myself part of your divorce team. And I love that you can help people decipher what type of attorney they want. Like, do they want a Sarah? Do they want someone who's, you know, someone who aligns with their personality, I guess. So that's really cool because you're going to be working with this person a lot. Right? Yeah. You, you have to trust whoever you're... I can't, I can't tell... Yeah. Okay. No, I can't tell you how many people uh, tell me that in addition to all the stress and drama they're dealing with with their, their spouse and the divorce, uh, which is, hey, it's, it's more than enough for anybody, right? They're also having difficulties with their attorney. Yeah. And that's the last, the last relationship thing. that you need oh, to yeah. be having trouble with. All right? the time. All so, the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can understand, yeah. So many people attorneys... switch to me because of that. I mean, I, I've, I hear it all the time. Attorneys are humans yeah. with personalities. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. So that's, I love that what both of you are doing. It's just thank you Thanks. for both of you guys. <laughs> Um, so can you tell us what would you say is a, an amazing success story? One of your favorite stories of a couple that came to you or you were working with the in- individual and they were just distraught, but then everything ended up being amazing. Yeah. Well, Because it always does the, end up being um, amazing. What's that? Ultimately, I always say, like, everybody's going to be okay. Yeah, I think everything is meant to be like in when you're in it, it's difficult. Yes, but there's a reason it didn't work. So let's move on, and eventually everybody's going to be happy. But anyhow, tell us. No, that's all we want, right? To be happy. Yeah. Is that too much to ask? No, we want <laughs> love and to be happy. No. Right, life. I always tell people. I say, you know, we hear this. We hear the phrase, "Life is short," but if you're in the 
you know, toxic marriage or with the wrong person, life could be really long. That's so true. You don't want to, I always say that you don't want to be surviving in a relationship. You want to be thriving. So we're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. tell, tell um, us, um, well, without names, obviously, don't be like Susie and Jerry <laughs> from Medford. <laughs> so my one of my favorite stories to tell is um, one of the first people that I was actually uh, able to help as you know in my coaching capacity um, and it, it's funny because I I met him at a totally non-divorce related function um, I don't even remember what the function was uh, but it had nothing to do with divorce marriage relationships nothing like that um, but we started I started talking to him and then you know through the small talk he found out what I did um, and I told him I was a divorce coach and like most people he's like well what's that and um, so I explained it to him and then as I was explaining it to him and as I told him that you know I also was an attorney and practiced divorce law as an attorney previously you could see his eyes like kind of get really big mm-hmm. and um, I couldn't tell if he was getting excited or or what was going on but like he was really really into it and so then he began to tell me and share his story, uh, which was kind of sad, and, and it was a custody issue. Um, he had been divorced already, but he hadn't seen his son for, it was over a year. Mm. Uh, and his son was, I want to say, you know, like the 9 to 10 range, you know, young, um, but not not really a full teenager yet. and. So he was telling me this story, and, you know, for a number of reasons, he just was not able to see his son. He didn't have uh, joint custody. He didn't have any parenting time arrangement set up uh, by the court or anybody, and and he was struggling with it. And so I asked him some questions and, you know, got got a little more information about what happened. And then, you know, as we're talking more, I could really sense the sincerity in him and you know he started to tear up a little and I totally understand that Um, and so I just totally felt felt for him and so all I did uh, and this is really the catalyst for you know getting me to where I am now and beyond is I said you know what I said give me your email let me go back I'm gonna look up a few things and I'll shoot you some information that's it. No, you know, come in, hire me for co- none of that. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to help him in any way I could. Uh, so I did that. I happened to have some information about uh, the specific issue that he was dealing with. And this was all in New Jersey, so I can do that. And uh, so I just really, I emailed him. I emailed him a couple of articles. I think I emailed him uh, a case, you know, in in legal land, we call it case law, uh, which is can be effective when you go to court because courts and judges abide prior cases and the law that they set. So I found a case that kind of I thought would help him. Um, and what I do now, I just gave him some information on, you know, he was going to go back to court. He was going to file a motion to try to get some parenting time with his son. And so I just told him some things really basic. Um, but not for him, that he should present to the court, you know, and things that he should focus on when he makes that presentation. 
Um, and that was it. I shot him one email, and I thought I'd never hear from him again. Um, needless to say, I'd say about less than two months later, he emails me back out of the blue, um, and it must be it must have been like two pages long. Um, but like the first paragraph was, Jason, you're not going to believe what just happened. I can't thank you enough. So of course I read on. <laughs> and basically, he went to court uh, on his own. He filed uh, a motion on his own, prepared everything on his own, oh um, and was able to get uh, supervised parenting time with his son to begin, uh, wow. which from where he was, was really a huge kind of breakthrough. Yeah. Um, and, and so now, today, we still keep in touch. He has unsupervised parenting time and on a regular schedule uh, oh. with his son, and things couldn't be better. So. Wow. Like, that's the reason I got into it in the first place. Yeah. I mean, you... High five. You saved his <laughs> life. It was meant yeah. to be that you met him. That's amazing. amazing. And his son's life. Right. I mean, oh. it's it's the child... Yeah. child in, yeah. At least yeah. in California, the child has a right to have a relationship with the parents. It's not the parents' right. It's the child's right. And I'm... You know, I think that children you know, they oftentimes get so trapped in the middle. Mm. And that's such a wonderful thing, not just for this man, but for his child, for his son. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good work. And um, I did, well, I didn't even, and, and the best part is I didn't even do that much, at least in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I shot him there, right? I shot him a case. Right. I said, read this case. But and you didn't even. And that kind of outlines the law. Yeah, and, you didn't even have to email and, and him, though. To, you didn't have to do yeah. any of that. <laughs> you did a lot. <laughs> You're a good man. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, so really fast, because we're almost out of time. Um, I'm just curious, how did you get the idea to do a podcast? Um, and just if you want to tell people a little bit about it um, so that they can tune in. No, absolutely. The, the podcast is um, one of my newer, newer ventures, if you want to call it that, as part of the whole um, coaching thing that I'm doing. I started it because I was listening to podcasts, like other podcasts, like entrepreneur podcasts, um, and and just the whole podcast, you know, field is is growing so big. So um, I had a, my own list of podcasts that I would listen to myself, um, you know, in the car, whenever. And then it, it it occurred to me that I'm like, wow, is anybody doing podcasts on divorce? And so I did a quick search and. There really weren't, I mean, there were a few, but there really aren't that many. Um, and so I said, wow, maybe this could work because I was writing a lot of articles uh, for different you know, websites and things like that, different publications. And I always enjoy writing and I still do, but I was kind of getting a little tired of it. Um, and I love the whole podcasting medium mm-hmm. um, and talking and, and interviewing and doing that whole thing. That, that really, uh, gives me enjoyment so I said why can't I start one of the a podcast about what I do from a divorce as a divorce coach but just do it in the form of a podcast and I could have on guests like you and and other experts and even have people on if they want to share and, and tell their stories because I think people would resonate with that um, and it's it's more than just reading an article you know on a page and so I started that last year in the fall um, and it comes out, I do everything myself. I produce the whole thing myself. And I am, I'm doing two shows a month now, every other Tuesday. And 
it's it's great. I'm having so much fun, and I'm getting so much positive feedback from everybody um, that they really are enjoying it. And so it's just it's going to keep me going, and you know, hopefully, it can just continue to grow. But the whole idea just stemmed from the fact that I was looking for some other way to convey all this information that I want to convey and um, have a little fun doing it too. That's awesome. Well, you are an amazing interviewer. Like he's up there with Oprah. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it just it, the questions just <laughs> flowed out of him. Go on. Um, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was so natural. Um, I loved doing it. Um, so just congratulations on your podcast. No, thank you so much. I had so much fun interviewing. And I had so much fun doing it. So, and if you're ever in LA, like I said, you can be on camera on my show. Um, okay, so we got to wrap up. So, Jason, people can find you. How? People can find me. Um, just go to my website. Uh, it's just my name, JasonLavoy.com, L-E-V-O-Y. Um, and everything, my podcast, I have a private Facebook group. All my resources are available from there. Awesome. Sarah? Um, you can find me on my website, which is lafamilylawpractice.com. And you can find my uh, email address, phone number, address, uh, link to my blog, all my social media, everything's on there. So uh, check out lafamilylawpractice.com. Perfect. And if you need to reach out to me, if you have questions, um, anything, my website is www.therelationshipexpert.com or you can email me at jamie, J-A-I-M-E, at therelationshipexpert.com. So thank you so much for joining us today. This was such a great show. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, it guys. Was fun. Yeah. And um, have a great night, everybody. Bye. Thanks. Bye. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.